Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today is Thursday, September 22nd, 2016, so we're talking about energy, materials, and industrials. I'm joined in studio by The Motley Fool's very own Taylor Markerman. I am Sean O'Reilly, and uh, Taylor, happy autumnal equinox. Is that what it is today? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What does that mean? Um, it means that the days are start getting, starting to get shorter. Well, that's been happening, right? Or is and this the first official day that it's shorter? Yeah, how does that work? Hold on. We don't have time no, to Google. Do that. Um, what we do need to talk about, though, is ExxonMobil. Yeah, making our lives shorter by cl- denying climate change. Not only that, but uh, accounting shenanigans, too. Like, what are these guys doing? Supposedly. Supposedly. It is yes. not, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, what's going on? Just give it, you know. So, I guess the SEC had a current investigation trying to decide whether or not Exxon has defrauded shareholders by denying impact of climate change on their business. This week, the SEC um, and the Attorney General from New York City are now adding to that um, whether or not they've properly written down assets um, during the latest downturn. Um, And I guess not properly written down assets, but whether they should have written down anything, because the industry, since 2014 has basically written off around $200 billion worth of um, assets. Everybody's reserves have fallen by half because reserves are based upon, for our listeners, we've done an sh- episode on uh, PB10, yeah, right, present yep. value of mm-hmm. reserves. Um, everybody's been writing down the stuff by half because uh, input in that calculation is the price of the price oil. The price of oil, yeah. Um, Exxon? It's very odd. You actually go to their balance sheet, and their assets hasn't really changed in the last five years. No, and I mean it's <laughs> even before that. This has kind of just been a theme of the business. Uh, in the '90s, I think there was a class action lawsuit by uh, from mobile shareholders when Exxon was trying to take on mobile. Um, obviously, they did because they're now Exxon Mobil, but. Um, they didn't write down the the asset value when oil prices slid then either, and so mobile shareholders felt like Exxon shares were overvalued, and so they weren't really getting. Um, How did that the, conclude? Because they obviously it, merged. But. Yeah, um, so I'm assuming that uh, the Exxon Mobil law, law team is uh, is pretty good at their job. Because do you think they have lawyers? It, do you? <laughs> it reached the statute of limitations with no decision. Got so it. So it, it just expired. Wow. Okay. Um, so now, though, if you look at Exxon and you think, oh well, 200 billion dollars of write downs, maybe it's the smaller players. But no, if you combine Shell. Chevron, BP, and Total, they've written off $50 billion worth of assets since the downturn started in November of 2014. So, uh, And you got Exxon here, December 31st, 2014, total assets, $349.5 billion, 2015, 336. Yeah. So what, 12? I mean, you know, what's going on here? <laughs> well, so you, you basically, when you look at an oil company, the, the reserves are what you're investing in. So if they have to write down the value of the reserves, um, the company is far less valuable to shareholders. Um, but they say, or they have said uh, in response to this, that they're generally um, pretty cons- conservative when booking reserves uh, value. So they're saying that maybe there's not much to write down because they booked it more conservatively than their competitors. Right. Yeah. Uh, but and then they they say that. Um, these short-term fluctuations in price don't impact the long-term value of the reserve. Well, that's which what I is, to... Which is probably true to some degree, but um, the entire industry is writing down their reserves. They could obviously bring the asset value back once the price rises, um, but they're just not willing to take this temporary hit. The uh, That's what I, I really wanted to talk to you about, yeah. because um, when I saw this, I was like, oh, that's funny, because one, I had seen the balance sheet and it hasn't changed, right. so there's that. But on the other hand, Exxon's known for having these 
enormous long tail projects. Mm -hmm. And is there an argument to be made there on their behalf that, I mean, bottom line, this the the these huge long tail projects offshore, they're going to take years to develop. We're going to get oil out of them for twenty or thirty years. Mm -hmm. The cost of uh, oil to get that out of the ground will eventually be super low. We don't think we need to write this down. Yeah, I mean that's probably pretty fair. They're they're a fairly low cost producer because they have a lot of conventional resources, um, and like you mentioned, projects that are supposedly going to last decades. And uh, so I could see some validity there, but when you look at peers writing down fifty billion dollars right. between four of them and Exxon doing nothing, there's I'd scratch my head a little bit whether or not if anything happens, it's going to impact shareholders negatively. I I don't think so, mm -hmm. um, just because of their. The strength of their balance sheet. They're one of the strongest credit ratings of any company in the world. Um, so I'm not too nervous if I was a shareholder of Exxon, but it's just another feather in their cap of, of uh, shady business. Fun stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, and regarding the climate change investigation yeah. and all that, I mean, that's supposedly, or however you want to frame it, it's been going on for decades then. Well, not the investigation, but. Oh, no, I meant the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. fact that they've. Um, the denying, or uh, however you want to say it. They've known about it because they've found documents a while ago from the 70s and 80s from some of their head scientists, head engineers that support the fact that climate change is, is happening. Um, but then they kind of swept those under the rug. And obviously, that's. This reminded me of the tobacco that's industry. impactful <laughs> on their business. So that's what that original investigation is for is not necessarily financially, but whether or not they're being upfront with their shareholders about. Because Exxon traditionally per, um, produces. Uh, outlooks that, like for the industry, that last that they go out 20, 30 years. So for oil consumption, for oil consumption, yeah. for oil production, everything in the energy in the energy sector, natural gas as well. So when you've got this company going out and projecting the next twenty to thirty years of the the energy industry on a consistent basis, and they're not acknowledging climate change, um, that could lead people astray. Wow. So what? Uh, you're not worried about XOM. Not not because of this, no. I mean, if they have to write it down, sure, that's a temporary hit. But then again, if if oil prices rise, then they can they can adjust the value of those assets again. Um, and if if there's a fine, I would imagine it to just be in the millions, maybe tens, hundreds of millions. But even still, got um, it. You're talking about the largest energy company in North America, right? So uh, moving on, uh, the energy sector is getting an IPO. Yeah, what's going well, on? Yeah, there's no. It's not a bankruptcy. It's a birth. This is amazing. Yeah, to me. we are. Um, we're uh, adding to the to the crop rather than detracting. Yeah. So, um, companies called uh, Tudor Pickering Holt. No. Oh, Smart Sand. I'm Smart sorry. Sand. They're yeah, the yeah. the investment firm doing the, yes. the offering. Yes, that's right. So, Woodlands-based company that produces sand for hydraulic fracturing plans to go public. Mm -hmm. Um. You sent this over kind of like an LOL kind of a thing, but then we were like, wow, this is actually a big deal. Like, what does this mean? Um, I, the LOL was just the fact that an energy company is going public right, right. now. Right. Not so much maybe this business. Good for you yeah, guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we uh, talked about that company that went IPO a year and a half ago, uh, the Permian player mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So it is what it is. But yeah. um, why are these guys going public right now? Well, I mean, when you look at um, what's happening in the U.S. with shale uh, production of natural gas and oil, sand has been a, a major driver of the ability to, to extract this these tight oil and natural gas reserves. Uh, because after you um, inject the water and, and fracture these wells, then uh, the sand has been used as a propent to keep those fissures open uh, enough for oil and natural gas to flow through. And you've seen the level of 
sand used in these wells rise dramatically. It's been, as I understand it, sand has been a really big component in the last couple of years as these companies yeah. became more and more efficient. You're looking at millions of tons of sand used on an annual basis, um, millions of pounds used per well. Uh, EOG said that they're using 700% more sand per well than they were in 2010. <laughs> 700%, and that's the largest independent U.S. producer. Um, so they're really, uh, I mean, that's moving the needle when you talk. Right. This isn't some tiny little regional uh, mom and pop shop. This is the largest U.S. independent oil and gas producer. That's a lot 700% of 700% in yeah, six years. That's yeah, that's crazy. Um, and you look at uh, companies. That are using averaging around eight to eleven million pounds per horizontal well, across so, the board. So, um, Smart Sand operates, and I'm just reading from the article he sent me. Mm-hmm. Two white uh, white sand processing sites in Wisconsin mm-hmm. with a combined 344 million tons of proven recoverable. There's that word. Yeah, they yeah, use proven. that stuff too. Yeah, just like oil. That's that's um, the 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 best kind of reserve, proven. And then you have um, probable, and then you have possible. Right. Yeah. That's uh, 344 million tons of recoverable sand reserves. Yeah, cool. That might be a couple years worth for um, the entire, maybe a year for the entire industry. So these are these guys are not large. No, they're not. Yeah. But ne- I mean, they they have competitors that are somewhat larger. But um, when you when you talk about their their sites being in Wisconsin, um, some of the focus on other players has been to find more regional sand. So Texas, Arkansas. Places that are going to be cheaper to transport it to mm-hmm. these major basins. Uh, Wisconsin, obviously, closer than Texas to North Dakota. Yeah, are they putting all the sand on the back of trains and yeah, they to are. Texas uh-huh. basically. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're loading up these trains, <laughs> and that's exactly what they're doing. Uh, sending this sand south. From Look, Wisconsin. mommy, that train has a bunch of sand. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you have a couple other players. U.S. Silica, High Crush Partners, uh, might be two of the the best or the biggest um, in the industry. And then Carbo Ceramics is an is a propent producer, but they they use. Um, uh, they they make their own silica silica um, propens, so they're not necessarily a, a sand miner, but um, they were the industry darling during the high the mm-hmm. the peak of this fracking because um, you could uh, create custom um, pellets basically to to optimize the well. Um, but when you look at pure sand plays, you're looking at U.S. Silica, High Crush Partners, um, and and then possibly Smart Sand as they IPO. Fairly soon, is do you have you considered these names as you know possible ways to play the oil industry without being an actual producer? Because yeah. it sounds like they need the sand, and that's they you do. Know. Um, and they're talking about so Credit Suisse had a report on this saying that um, they expect demand to go up fifty percent in twenty seventeen for Jeez. frac sand, um, and then even with the depressed rig count, uh, they could they're going to need. That much or more than than they were needing in 2014, which was like the peak of fracking and well count right. and rig count. So, uh, yeah, you're looking at just more sand per well. So the fact that wells aren't being drilled at the same alarming rate, sand is still needed. And U.S. silica stock has more than doubled this year. Wow. So yeah, yeah. impressive run. I mean, obviously, very leveraged play because they're selling sand strictly to frackers. Mm-hmm. So. Those guys go under, game over. If Those fracking, guys don't pay their bills. If fracking cuts yeah. back again, then yeah, you, then these guys are hosed again. But on the other hand, more sand is being used per well, so yeah, exactly. that's something too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Motley Fool is more about long-term investing, fundamentals, just looking for good companies. Yeah. We don't really pay attention to macro stuff, but I think we got to talk about OPEC a little bit here. Okay. Um, I know you don't want to. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, but uh, they kind of set off this whole 
oil downturn yeah, in 2014 did. when right, right before like a day before thanksgiving happy thanksgiving well, yeah. jerks. or maybe <laughs> on thanksgiving i had just gotten done hiking in texas with zero cell reception um did your phone i like- turn on my phone and i'm in the car with the buddies i went hiking with and i look at the market and i'm like Oh. oh my dear God! Oil, <laughs> oil is down forty percent. What is going on? Um, and they, that was basically them being like, "No, we're not going to support oil prices." Like, yeah, sorry. they're basically it was a race to the top in terms of who can produce the most, rather than who can uh, who can save prices. Right, and then you know that set off uh, Saudi Arabia being like, "Oh, we want to go for market share yep, now." Da 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 da. They meet what once or twice a year. Eh, a couple times, a little bit. some of the smaller countries ask for meetings. Um, random meetings to try and stem the stem the, the outflow of of money, uh, to money say into the industry. <laughs> so um, yeah, but uh, this is a scheduled meeting next week in Algeria, I believe. Got it. Yeah. Um, so it's been scheduled, and um, we obviously don't know what'll happen, but um, there's hopes that they're going to put at least a production cap or something. Um, yeah, but then again, that's like clever phrasing, and they leave a lot of the facts out. Especially the facts that they're producing near record highs. They're right all now. producing at record yeah. highs. So yeah. Russia, Russia is not part of OPEC, but uh, it would they would they want it to like at least be part of this production cap. And they they just produced in September a post-Soviet era high right. per per month. Libya's trying to double their production by the end of the year. Nigeria's got production coming. Iran's back on. already in the three and a half million. Iran's range, there. I think. Yeah. Uh, Venezuela is looking to dump three and a half billion dollars into their Orinoco project. Slumberjay just signed on to help them drill eighty wells. Wow. Even though Slumberjay has been letting people go in the country and removing itself from Venezuela, uh, they just I think this was either today or yesterday. Uh, where they signed to to be the driller of 80 wells, and then there's maybe 400 other wells that they're trying to drill, uh, but those are used with uh, private private drillers are doing that. But the reports say that they're going to use Halliburton and Baker Hughes equipment. So Good all stuff. three companies are going to be involved some way, but Schlumberger will actually be an operator. So all those are four countries right there that are trying to ramp up production, um, and you expect a production cap. So. It could that's just, the, that's yeah. the thing with cartels. You're you have an incentive to cheat too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, really quick, Fred, out. I wanted to, um, you know, you're an analyst for one of our services. Yeah, you know, doing very well out there in Canada. Um, wanted to just kind of pick your brain a little bit about a stock that uh, is interesting yeah. right now. I think this is something we will continue, right? Maybe at the end of every show, just highlight one. See stock. how it goes. Yeah. If 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 if, you, if people hate it, we'll stop. <laughs> yeah. So this is being the first time, maybe the last time. Um, I'm gonna go with an integrated, and I think BP right now stands out to me um, above the fray. Uh, it's now if Tyler Crow were here, yeah. he would he 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 would be all about Total. Oh so yeah. He's, why, he's why, definitely a Total bull. Why should I go with the British and not the French? <laughs> well, um, I think with BP. It, it's not. Uh, it's more of an energy uh, traditional energy play. Total is definitely getting more and more into renewable energy. Um, I mean, they don't have a sun power. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know. um, and then, but BP is generating some pretty solid cash flow, good yield. Um, they, they've done a great job of. They've taken on debt since the Macondo spill, but they've they've done it a little bit more prudently than some of their larger peers. So I just I just think that management has has pulled some of the right levers, and um, it's to see it. It obviously. Revenue and income is down in the last couple of years, as it is with everyone. Yeah. But the cash flow is still there, and it, it's got a it's got a great free cash flow yield, which um which is something that 
you value when you're looking at the sustainability of, of a dividend. Are you uh, are you doing this kind of as a contrarian play to that movie Deepwater Horizon that's coming out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe <laughs> maybe because if ticket sales suck, maybe the price of BP goes up because people yeah. don't remember what happened. <laughs> the more people that get exposed to it, the worse the share price is. Just going to be like this. They're going to drum up the bias again, and it's just going to. I know. I don't think it'll have any impact on. Great shares, time to be a value investor. Yeah, Boom. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it'll be have any impact on shares. It's uh, what now five years um, yeah. behind us, and I think all their legal liabilities are are handled. Kind of, sorta. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. The the bulk of them. I mean, the worrisome portions. Got it. Yeah. So they're, d- they're done handing out sacks of money to yeah, people yeah. that ask for it. I'm, I'm not an investor <laughs> in it, but uh, nor it's am I with any integrated. But yeah, it, it, it's something that I've been looking at lately. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for your thoughts. Appreciate it. Yeah. That is it for us, folks. We'd like to give a special shout out, as always, to our producer, Austin Morgan. Hi, Austin. Whoop, whoop. Uh, he is behind the glass working his video and audio magic. And if you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Once again, that is industryfocus at fool.com. And as always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks that they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear in this program. For Taylor Markerman, I am Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and Fool on! <laughs>